0: So, uh, we've been in this series this month. We're going to finish it up today called I'm All Ears. Now, maybe you know Jesus said, My sheep hear what? my voice. So the voice of the Lord is the voice that we're after. We want to hear him because he gives us life and he gives us direction. And so that's what we are after in this series to position ourselves to learn some things about how can we hear and recognize his voice so that we can do what he's speaking to us. And hopefully you're stirring your expectations even next week. uh, One of the ways that God speaks that we haven't talked about a whole lot, but he sends prophets into our lives sometimes, or he gives the gift of prophecy to people that speak to us and uh, next week we're going to have denny with us and our house we new life fellowship we recognize denny is a prophet that he i believe he is a prophet with a capital p a gift office a gift person to the body of christ to speak So as we're getting ready to have him in next week, I just want us to stir our expectations to believe that God really is going to give a right now word to our church and to many of the people here. So just be praying about that meeting next week. But we really need to hear God's voice. And I I didn't want to spend a lot of time talking about this, but if you want to throw that next graphic, I saw this picture this week, and I thought this is really why we need to hear the voice of the Good Shepherd and not the voice of the enemy. If you just read that list, God's voice calms, it comforts, it convicts, it encourages, it enlightens, it leads, it reassures, and it stills us. But the voice of the enemy speaks into our lives, and we begin to obsess, we begin to worry, we condemn ourselves and others, we discourage, we get discouraged, we get confused, we get pushed and and prodded from behind, we get frightened, and we get in a rush. How many of you see there really is a difference between hearing the voice of the Lord and hearing the voice of the enemy in our lives? So, that is why we've been doing one of the reasons we've been doing this series is because we want to hear God's voice, because we want those things on that side of the list to happen in our lives. And uh, as I was getting ready for today, I thought, had anybody else in the room ever had a one sided conversation? You, You sat down for a conversation and only one person did all of the talking. How did that make you feel? I guess it probably depends on whether or not you are the one doing all the talking. There, there are some conversations. I'm like, that conversation went great. I just every Sunday morning, I get to have a one-sided conversation for 30 minutes. How many of you know that sometimes when it's a one-sided conversation, we don't feel very good about it? We, we feel like we're devalued, like the person doesn't really care about what we have to say. I actually saw this cartoon, if you remember Peanuts, uh, when Charles Schultz, before uh, he retired, he drew this cartoon, and Lucy's sitting with Charlie Brown. She says, so what do you think? And he says, what difference does it make you never listen anyway? And I'm not going to do a marriage seminar today. I'm just talking about hearing God's voice. He says, you never listen anyway. And she says, I was just making conversation. And he says, when you make conversation, you have to listen too. And Lucy says, you do? (laughs) And I feel like so many times, uh, too many times, we have a one-sided conversation with the Lord. That we come with our list. And here's what we need. And here's what we're praying for. And we give God our list. And it's a one-sided conversation. And then we leave the room to go about our lives and our business. As bad as I feel sometimes of somebody not listening or giving me a chance to talk and hear what I have to say, I think about what does that make God feel like when we come to our time of prayer with Him and we have our list and we, it's a one-side conversation. We say what we have to say and then we leave without listening for what He has to say. And I, I actually, what's the, there was an old cliche I heard this week about don't pray until you think God heard you. Pray until you know you've heard Him. I thought there really is something to that of spending time in a conversation because prayer really is a conversation it 's not meant to be a one sided discussion it 's meant to be a conversation with him that we talk and we listen so uh, in First Samuel three, it reminded me of this when the Lord was calling the prophet Samuel. Uh, Eli, the priest, was a little confused about what was happening. Samuel kept coming in saying, did you call me? And Eli's like, no, I didn't call you. And finally, he gets a clue that, oh, this must be God speaking to Samuel. And the the Lord came once again. Samuel got straightened out. He knew it was God. In 1 Samuel 3.10, it says, the Lord came and stood there, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And I thought, what a great description of our role in prayer and in a conversation with God. He is the speaker, and we are to be the listeners. How many of you know it goes much better in that order in our lives? Instead of us being the speaker all the time and God just listening, when He speaks and we're the listeners, that goes much better in our lives. And I'm not saying don't pray, because there is power and authority on your words in the name of Jesus. When we pray, stuff happens. You should be praying. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, I'm supposed to pray. I don't, I don't want anybody to be confused about that point. I didn't, I'm not saying, hey, stop praying for anything and just go sit quietly in a room and do nothing. Keep praying, but make listening a part of prayer. That, that is part of that dialogue with God and the conversation. He speaks and we listen. So as valuable as your voice is and the authority and the weight of Jesus' name that it carries... The most valuable piece of the interaction is actually His voice when we begin to hear it in our lives. And so we've talked a little bit about the benefits of God's voice and how to position ourselves to hear. But I wanted to touch a couple of nuts and bolts today to just talk about how does God speak? How does God speak? And if there's a hundred different people in this room this morning, we could go around the room and we could come up with a list of a hundred ways that God speaks probably. Because He speaks in a way that we can understand and that we hear and receive Him. So I just wanted to hit a couple today that are kind of common to everybody. And the, the first three I didn't want to spend a ton of time on, but I, I have this book in my office that I've probably given it away more than any other book I own. I keep having to order it on Amazon and stock up my shelf. Uh, it's called Hearing God 30 Different Ways by Larry Crider. And then the first three chapters of the book, he says, No matter which way God speaks to you, There are three lighthouses. You ever see a ship coming into port? And what's the secret of the ship? They have to line up the lighthouses so that they don't run on the rocks and get aground. And he says there's three lighthouses that no matter how God is speaking to you, these three will always line up so that you know you're not going to shipwreck yourself. And when he said uh, what the three lighthouses are, he says the Bible. How many of you know God will speak to you through reading the Bible? There, there are times that you're just reading a verse and all of a sudden it jumps off the page and it comes alive to you. God will speak to you through the Bible, but also every other way that God speaks to you, you can evaluate against the Bible. That, that is the plumb line. He will never say anything that contradicts Himself. We're, we're human. That happens to us. We say one thing and then we say something else and we forgot. Like, oh, I didn't know, remember saying that. God never contradicts Himself. So if whether he's speaking to you directly through the Bible or he speaks some other way, it will never contradict the Bible. Then the second lighthouse up there is peace. We said that's part of what God's voice produces. The enemy's voice produces confusion and anxiety. God's voice will always produce peace. If you think it's God speaking to you, you need to ask yourself, okay, it lines up with the Bible, it doesn't contradict anything. Do I have peace in my heart about it? Is that is one thing, Holy Spirit will give you peace in your heart if you know it's His voice speaking to you. And the the last thing up there is circumstances. If it really is God speaking to you, the circumstances will begin to line up. How many of you know God is the door opener and the door closer? We, we read that in Scripture, that He opens doors no man can shut, and He shut doors that no man can open. That is what He does with the circumstances in our lives. He begins to cause our steps to be ordered to go in the direction to confirm His Word and what He's speaking to us. So out of all the other ways that we could talk about, hey, how do you hear God's voice and, and how do you think you're hearing Him and perceiving Him, it will always line up with these three. It'll, be, it'll produce peace in us. It won't violate the Bible. And we should see our circumstances begin to align and see Him opening doors. So I didn't want to spend a lot of time on those three, but those are kind of the three that you can always go back to. No matter who you are and how you think God speaks to you, whether you, you hear Him at night in, in the, your sleep or if you hear Him, oh, after I ate a big piece of pizza, I think I hear God's voice. Is, is that my stomach or His voice? One of the ways you can evaluate that is these three lighthouses. So out of all the different ways that he speaks to us, I just wanted to hit a couple other ones. And one of the ones that, I don't don't know why, so if this is you this morning and you need this, I felt really led to talk about God speaks through dreams. And and I don't know why this morning that was one I wanted to hit. Maybe it's because I'm going to put a lot of people to sleep this morning or the temperature in the room and you're going to hear God speaking to you while you're sleeping. Now maybe, you know, dreams get kind of a short shrift. Yeah, we we talk about all these other ways that God speaks and we don't often talk about he speaks through dreams. But most of us, if if you're a healthy person, you're spending about twenty-five to thirty percent of your life asleep. How many of you get that much sleep every night? Are you willing to say, hey, I'm a I'm a solid eight hour person or I'm a six hour or four hours? But it works out to about that. Twenty-five to thirty percent and most doctors say you're actually dreaming for two to three hours a night. And you don't remember 95% of what you dream, but it's happening in your subconscious while you're sleeping. Tell me this, if that's a third of our lives, why would we think God would be inactive or waste a third of our lives by not doing anything with us or not speaking to us? Think about that for a second. Is God? If, if we know God doesn't sleep, He doesn't take naps. That's what it says in the Bible. He's not slumbering. He's, he's not nodding off while you're going through a circumstance. If He doesn't sleep, what's He doing for that third of our life? Are you thinking, oh, well, that's the third that we're asleep over here. He's busy speaking to everybody else because all those people on the other side of the world, He can't talk to all of us at once. No. He's doing things even while we're sleeping. So I wanted to talk about dreams. And... Uh, In Acts chapter 2 and verse 17, it says this, when Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost, because everybody was questioning what's going on, these crazy things are happening on the day of Pentecost, Peter stood up and said, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Please don't read that verse and be an age discriminator. Don't be afraid to tell somebody you had a dream because they're going to say, oh, you're old. Like, that's not the point of that verse. Can we just agree on that this morning? The point is not, oh, it's just old guys doing it this way, young guys doing it this way. What he, Peter was saying in that moment is he was saying, in the last days, the last days of what? The old covenant. When that was passing off the scene and the new covenant was coming and the Holy Spirit was being poured out, God was saying, instead of having to go to the priest or to one guy to hear my voice, I'm going to speak to all of you individually a lot. You're young. You're going to start to prophesy. You're going to start to have dreams. You're going to see visions. That's what he was saying in that moment. He was shifting something to say it's going from just a little bit of God's voice in a certain location to you're all going to get to hear him now. Think about that for a second. And he lists right there is we value prophecy a lot. We think, oh, prophecy is simply saying what God is saying. Saying out loud, hey, I believe God's speaking this. In that verse, with prophecy, right up there with what should be happening of God speaking to His people, right with prophecy, he says, dreams and visions are going to be happening. What's the difference between a dream and a vision? A dream is something you see Thank you for that. I got a couple people tracking with me this morning. A dream is something you see while you're asleep, a vision is something you see while you're awake. That's that's the only difference between those things. God can speak through both of them as much as he speaks through prophecy. Now for a vision, I've had people say, "Oh, I met this guy and literally like I saw a word appear over their head." I'm like that's pretty crazy. I don't think I've ever had a vision like that, but it's something they saw while they're awake. They they said they saw a guy and they said, oh, you know, love or something was over his head and they just, hey, God's really, his love is a banner over you. They said that to the guy and he, you know, boo-hoo, somebody starts crying like, I needed to hear that this morning. Sometimes God speaks through visions when we're awake. But sometimes he also speaks through dreams. And that's what I wanted to touch on. I was, I was thinking in the Bible, did you ever read the book of Ezekiel? And he says, Maybe that was a silly question to ask this morning. That's, that's not everybody's go-to book. But Ezekiel, in, in the first couple chapters in the verses of his book, he says, I was by the river and I had visions of God. Come on, how many of you would like to have visions of God? That's pretty awesome. What was he saying that moment? Literally, while I was awake. With my naked eyes, I saw God in all of His fullness and His glory. How cool was that? And he writes some pretty crazy things about seeing the throne of God and what it looked like. So there are visions that were in the Bible that people had. And there's other times that it came through a dream. And the person was sleeping when it happened. And uh, in Eastern culture, dreams were given a lot of credibility they believed in in that part of the world in the ancient East and still in some parts of the Eastern world today, if you see it in a dream, they're like, that's gospel. Man, tell us what what was your dream. And they're willing to make decisions in their lives based on the dreams that they had. And if you think about it, throughout Scripture, God used dreams a lot of ways. I'm just going to hit a couple, and then I want to tell you a couple stories. But in Scripture, God used dreams to warn people. Come on. How many of you remember Joseph had a dream? And God told him, hey, Herod wants to kill you. Take your family and go to Egypt. Come on, talk about making a major life decision. I, I woke up and I, I had this feel. man, that guy wants to kill us. Mary, pack all the stuff, get Jesus on the camel, we're going to Egypt. All because of a dream that he had. That's how much value they placed on believing God speaks to us through dreams. In the Bible, uh, God used dreams to tell people what was going to happen in the future, if you read the book of Daniel and you read Joseph's story in Genesis, they were dream interpreters. They were famous for their ability to say, man, you had that dream? That means this is what God's going to do in the future. Uh, one time there, the king had a dream and he saw cows eating other cows and he saw grain stalks eating other grain. And, and Joseph said, that means there's going to be a famine. Like God used that dream to tell you what's going to happen in the future. And they changed, they made plans based on what God revealed to them. Through a dream come on how many of us have ever had a dream and we wake up and we're like uh that was I can't wait to get about my day like that that bugged me or I don't know what that was all about or I can't even remember all of it we just write them off as nothing and they're making major life decisions that affected the entire course of human history based on something they saw in a dream in the Bible God used dreams to give people direction uh, if you go back and all these Bible stories popping in my mind. I think uh, Jacob, he was serving his father-in-law. And God spoke to him a strategy of how to get out from under that because his father-in-law was cheating him. Hey, I'm, I'm keeping all the sheep for myself. You're working so hard, but you're not getting any wages. And God actually gave Jacob a strategy in a dream to say, here's how you can get away from this guy that's cheating you. So God will give us direction in dreams. In the Bible, uh, God used dreams to test people. How many of you... Remember the story of Solomon when he first became king. And what did he ask for? See if we got any Bible scholars in the room this morning. He asked for wisdom. And God was so excited about Solomon asking for wisdom instead of riches and wealth or defeat my enemies that he's like, hey, I'm going to make you the most wise person that ever lived. And I'm going to add the riches and defeat all your enemies. If you read that story, it actually starts out by saying, God appeared to Solomon in a dream and said what can i give you as the king of this land and so in a dream god gave him a gift and tested him to see what he was going to respond to the lord Uh, god uses dreams to reveal himself in scripture Uh, abraham a great father of the faith it said god put him into a deep sleep and then began to talk about the covenant he was going to make with him i think if the verse before it says god put him into a deep sleep that means that what he's speaking to him happened in a dream. Can I get a witness on that one? Uh, Not rocket science this morning. If God's going to speak to you and the verse right before him speaking says he put you into a deep sleep, hey, I'm having a dream and hearing the voice and the will of God. Uh, If you remember Pilate's wife, she told Pilate, that guy's innocent. Jesus is innocent. Don't have anything. I was troubled in a dream today because we're putting on trial and about to kill an innocent man. God revealed that Jesus was an innocent man to the wife of a Roman governor who was going to put God's Son to death. How amazing is that, that He speaks through dreams? Uh, I read an article this week by the Gospel Coalition and they said there is actually revival happening in other parts of the world that we're not aware of. There's a great revival happening in Muslim countries, in Hindu countries. And they estimated, based on their interviews with Muslim people who are coming to Christ, they estimated about 25 to 30% of them are coming to know Jesus because they had a dream. Isn't that amazing? Talk about helping your evangelism cause. I went to go witness to these people and before I even got there, they had a dream about the guy I was coming to tell them about. Uh, Here's here's an amazing story because they they report seeing Jesus in dreams and they talk about this feeling of freedom and peace and cleansing that comes over them. And here's a great story In, in that article from the Gospel Coalition. They said there was a Persian pastor Work, say that. That's like Peter Piper picked the peck of pickled peppers. There was a Persian pastor working at a refugee camp in the Middle East. And while he was working there, a Muslim man came and approached him one day. And this is, what, this is an actual quote from the article, what the guy said to the Persian pastor. He said, During the night, I saw someone dressed in white. He raised his hand and said, Stand up and follow me. Who are you? Is what the Persian man said to the man in white. He says, what, He says, this is what the man in white replied to me. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the way to heaven. No one can get to the Father except through me. And he began to ask the Persian pastor, who is that guy? Why does he want me to follow him? And what does this mean? And the pastor pulled out his Bible and said, have you ever seen this book? And the Persian man said, no, what is it? and he flipped open to revelation where Jesus is talking about being the alpha and the omega and then he began to share with him that Jesus is the only way to the father and declared that talk about easy fishing for converts <laughs> when when the man shows up and says I saw a guy in white saying I'm the alpha and the omega you need to come follow me and you get to flip open your bible and say here's the man that was speaking to you what an amazing deal so God still speaks to dreams today. The man had never seen or read a Bible before, but Jesus spoke that to him directly. Uh, dreams are also happening among Hindu people. Uh, we watched, we Pam and I saw this testimony. We watched this video of an Indian evangelist, and he woke up one morning, and he had this film crew with him, and he says, "Hey." I felt like God was speaking to us today. I I spoke to him this morning and, and in the night I'm I'm feeling like we're supposed to go to this town where this temple is, and God showed me a picture of a man in an orange robe and an orange turban and gray hair. We're supposed to go look for him. God wants us to talk to him. That was what he had to go on. And they went to this town where the Hindu temple was. They're walking all around the town, and suddenly what do you think they see? They see the guy orange robe, orange turban, gray hair. And the Indian evangelist goes over to begin talking to him. And it turns out this man that they were looking for was this Maharishi that was responsible for thousands of Hindu followers in the whole region. And when they begin to speak, the Maharishi says to the Indian evangelist, I need to listen to you because you are the man that God showed me in my dream last night that was going to come talk to me and tell me who he was. Come on. God still speaks in dreams today. Please don't write off a third of your life thinking that God can't do anything through my nighttime sleeping. (laughs) Man, you want me to tell that story? (laughs) Pam's looking at me. So when Pam and I met, I was not the attractive giant that you see before you. (laughs) May have even been a little bit dorky to admit it. But somehow we hit it off. We were both youth leaders and, and we had common interest and common friends and, and all of a sudden we realized, hey, there's something there. And Pam, at this point in time, she had gone to an acquire the fire conference. How many of you remember those? Some teenagers, some people earlier in their life, with if the youth, they had big youth conferences. She had gone to this Acquire the Fire conference with some of the youth, and one of the things they did there at the Acquire the Fire conference that year was they said, hey, we want all the teenagers in the room, if you're willing to do it, take a year to just date Jesus. Don't date anybody else. Don't go out with anybody else. And Pam said, I'm going to do this with the kids. And so Pam made a commitment to not date anybody except Jesus for a year. So there was, there was my competition, me or Jesus. We didn't, know that. we didn't know that at the time. But all of a sudden, when Pam realized, wow, we're in the middle of this year-long commitment I made, and all of a sudden, I think there's feelings here with Chris. And so she went and talked to the youth pastors at the time, the people at the church, and they were like, nah, you made a commitment it Acquire the Fire there is no dating or anything happening. And this is what, like four months, five months into your year-long commitment, three months? And so it's like, ah, oh, that kind of puts a wrench in things. Like, we really can't do this because you made that commitment. And so Pam is like, you're angry, I think. I'm like, hey, it's going to be okay. We can wait, all this stuff. And Pam's like getting a little frustrated. Like, God, I can't believe I did that. Why'd you let me do that? <laughs> The pastor's wife at our church in Virginia calls Pam up one day and says, "I had a dream about you, and I need to tell you what this dream is." And so she meets with the pastor's wife, and the pastor's wife says, she had no idea what was going on with the relationship or this commitment, and the pastor 's wife says, "I had this dream, and God was speaking saying, "Tell Pam that she is released from her vow." <laughs> there were several letters. thank you Yeah. were <laughs> There were several other things involved in the dream, but that's the only part I remember. It's like, thank you, Jesus. You hear my prayers. You answer. You're still alive today and doing miracles. And so needless to say, she was very excited. She, Jackie wrote down. She had this whole transcript of the dream and what God had said. Pam goes and talks to the youth pastors and is like, hey, I got this word. What do you think it means? And they're they like, hey, you need to... Who, am I to argue? Who, are, who might argue God? Go date Chris. Um... Gosh, that was a great story. Thanks for sharing that, Pam. <laughs> I am thankful that God still speaks through dreams today. Exactly. We, we need to be aware and be listening and say, what are you speaking to me? God uses dreams all the time. Uh, there was one other verse I wanted to read you. God used dreams in Scripture to encourage people. And, and this is what, maybe this is part of what I'm sharing these stories for. Uh, how many of you know your dreams aren't just for you? Sometimes God gives us dreams because He wants us to share them because it may impact somebody else's life. Or it may stir them to say, Wow, I, I had a dream too, and what do you think this means? And here was the verse I wanted to use to make the point that God uses dreams to encourage others. In in the book of Judges, chapter seven, the story of Gideon. He was a little unsure about who God had called him to be. He's like, God, I don't know if it's really you telling me to do this. I'm going to put this fleece out here. If That's, that's where we get the, the phrase. We're saying we're putting a fleece out before the Lord. It sounds so religious to say that, doesn't it? I'm putting a fleece out before the Lord to see if this is his will. And Gideon was literally like, I sheared this off a sheep and I'm going to put it on the ground. And God, if it's you, the ground will be dry and the fleece will be wet. And then it it happened just like he asked God. So Gideon's like, oh, well, that could have been a coincidence. God, I'll put it out again. And if, if the fleece is dry and the ground is wet, then I'll know it's you for sure. So needless to say, he had questions about, am I really hearing God's voice? And so He's, he's going to attack the Midianites. That's what the, the whole story gets up to the climax there. And not only was he questioning, did I even hear God's voice, the whole way along to the battle to go to the enemy's camp, God keeps sending guys home. Come on, I'm, I'm not sure about you, but that would not be the kind of revival that I'm looking for, or the strategy like... God, I thought you would bring more people in the army to help us attack these guys, and you keep sending people home. And so Gideon's really worked up about this. I would be. I'm just, maybe I'm putting myself in the store. I would be worked up about this. God, we've only got 300 left. Do you see that camp down there? And so they snuck into the camp to spy it out. And this is literally what happened in Judges chapter 7. It says uh, Gideon arrived just as a man was telling his friend his dream. I had a dream, he was saying, a round loaf of barley bread came tumbling into our camp and it struck the tent with such force that the tent overturned and collapsed. And verse 14, his friend responded, come on, this is two of the enemy talking, two guys in the Midianite camp, and one guy tells his friend a dream, and it says his friend responded, this can be nothing other than the sword of Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite God has given the Midianites and the whole camp into his hands. Needless to say, Gideon was pumped. Come on, after, after I'm not even sure you're calling me God, you keep sending guys home, you sneak into the camp of the enemy, and you hear two guys talking about a dream, and one guy says, oh my gosh, we're in trouble. That, that's Gideon. That's a sword of Gideon. We're all going to be destroyed. I don't think he had any questions after that. It wasn't even his dream. He's overhearing somebody else had a dream and they were talking about it and it encouraged him to say we can win this battle sometimes i think we need to open our mouths even if we think it's strange even if we think oh that i'm not so sure just start talking about i think this is what god said to me i had this dream and this is what i'm seeing and and it will encourage you too because you may share your dream and somebody may say man i feel like you know that that means this i can I t- I've told this story, I think. I was on a mission trip in Mexico one time. We went to pray for this lady. She's laying in her bed all crippled up. And, and we're praying for her to get healed. And like there wasn't much happening. She said, oh, I feel a little better. But there wasn't a whole lot going on. She's still laying in the bed. And out of the blue, she starts telling me, I keep having this dream. And, and in my dream, I see this dove flies into the window of my store and I put it in a cage and put it up on the shelf, and then the dub dies. I'm not Mr. Dream Interpreter. That That's not on my business card. I didn't put it on my resume. But in that moment, it was like I just knew. And she felt bold enough to tell me her dream. And I said, man, I really feel like God's showing me that, that He's wanted to visit your life with the work of the Holy Spirit many times. But for something, something in your life has put it in a cage and not allowed the holy spirit to do his work in your life i'm like what what do you think that could be and all of a sudden like god spoke to her or something clicked she says i've got massive bitterness in my heart towards my daughters because they've left me here in this bed and they're doing their thing and i'm i'm here and she had not forgiven them and she was bitter about it and in that moment it was like because of a dream god gave us the key And I led her her in this prayer of like, hey, we're going to pray right now. You're going to forgive your daughters. You're going to release them for whatever's going on. She prayed that prayer. And then we prayed again for healing. And the next thing you know, she's up out of the bed. Her hands, which had been all gnarled up like this, she's like raising her hands to Jesus and doing like the whole like, hey, I got no pain and that number. But what unlocked her healing was, I had this dream and I need to share it with somebody. God's not wasting your time while you're asleep. Believe that he can speak to you. I'll share one more story, then we'll go. We went to Africa for the first time on a mission trip. I don't even remember what year it was, and it was awesome. We loved it. We saw the people, we got ministry was fantastic. But it had been a little while, and I'm at home in my house in Virginia one time, and I'm I'm had this dream. It was so vivid. Do you ever have one of those dreams you just woke up and you're almost like I was there. Like, I don't know how to, like, I was there. I was standing, our our African pastor friend in Kenya, Justice, I had this dream that I was standing in his living room. And it was so real that I I could see the floor, I could smell the smells, I could hear the sounds. Like, it was like I was right there. I wouldn't have been surprised if I woke up the next morning and had a text or an email from Justice saying, hey, thanks for visiting yesterday. Like, that's how real it felt to me. And I woke up from this dream. I'm like, man, that was that was crazy to feel that and to see that. And that day, I get a call from the guy who is the missions director at our church in Virginia, and he says, "We're organizing another trip to back to Kenya. Do you think you'd be interested in going with us?" I think I think I'm supposed to go. <laughs> come on! And it was because God gave me a dream of seeing Him. And the next, I'm like, come on, you can't make this stuff up. There's not coincidences that just happen in our lives. Of I dreamed that I was standing in my friend's living room in Africa and the next day they say, hey, we're going on another trip there. Do you want to go? God still speaks through dreams if we're willing to hear and we're willing to listen. Never been a huge dream person, but the times when they happen, pay attention because God is speaking. Man, I'm going to close. I have one other thing I wanted to tell you, but... <laughs> everybody's like they're turning around to throw stuff at mike now he just yelled you've got time and everybody's like mike ex- yeah <laughs> i yield my time to the preacher in the pulpit this is, all right this is the last thing when god speaks to you everybody say i believe god speaks to me See, for some, for some of us, that may be a faith confession. I don't believe it yet, but I'm going to say it because He promised it in His Word. When God speaks to you, it will always line up with the three lighthouses, but one of, the, one of the main ways that He speaks all the time, I hear Him that way, maybe you hear Him that way, is His internal, still small voice. Come on, that's, that's another, sometimes we almost make that a religious term. The still small voice What's that mean? It means there's a voice inside of you yeah. that you hear God speaking. And you're, you're sitting there wondering, like, should we call somebody? Pastor Chris hears voices. Mm-hmm. Can I just say, yes, you hear voices too. Right. If you're not hearing voices inside your head, you may be dead. There may be no brain activity or anything happening. But if you are alive, you hear voices inside your head. And the trick is telling the difference between the voices that you hear in your head. And not, not to belabor it, but I think, I think sometimes you can hear God's voice. Sometimes you can hear the enemy's voice. I don't think the enemy can read your thoughts, but I think he can stand beside you and whisper in your ear. Sometimes it may not be God or the enemy. Maybe it's the uh, uh, angelic voice coming because God makes His messengers winds of fire to bring aid to us. And then sometimes... It's just your own thoughts that didn't come from God, didn't come from the devil. That just popped right out of here. And the secret is, because they all sound the same, what does the voice of God sound like in your head? Think for a minute with me. Think, think the words purple basketball in your head. That sounded like your voice in your head, didn't it? That's the same way that God's voice sounds inside your head. And the, the the peace that we need in our lives as Holy Spirit-filled Christians, the peace that we get from Him is He gives us a gift called discernment where we can begin to process and to tell the difference between, oh, that was the enemy's voice. I'm not going to listen to that. That was God's voice. I'm going to do exactly what He says. And that is where we need to refine our gift or our hearing is to say, okay, God, I got all these voices that I'm processing through. I need to know for sure which one is yours. And if you're wondering which one is his, go back to the three lighthouses. Tell somebody else at church. There's another good piece of advice. And say, does this sound like something God would say? I'm, I'm, I'm hearing this voice in my head. I'm hearing this voice in my head. Woo. I'm hearing this voice in my head. Woo. That was a pretty cool effect right there. And I didn't even plan that. You could go to somebody else in church and say, Hey, I'm I'm hearing this voice in my head that's telling me to go burn my neighbor's house down. Do you think that that would be something God would say? Thank you. You guys are awesome. I was about to say, as men and women of God, if I came and said that, the first, No, that is not God at all. There are some things that are so obvious that if you said it to somebody else, they would know and say, That's not God at all. But there are other things that maybe they're more nuanced in life when you're thinking... I'm not sure, like God, you know, he's asking me to give this amount of money to my neighbor. And I'm thinking that's got to be the devil, right? (laughs) And you may bounce that off with somebody else in church and they may say, man, God talks all about wanting us to be generous. That sounds exactly like something he would say. Why don't you take a risk and trust him and see how he'll come through on your behalf? If you're not sure, just talk with somebody else in church about it. There there are ways that we can begin. Look for confirmation. The Bible talks about everything being confirmed by two or three witnesses. If it's something that's a big risk for you, that you're hearing God and you're like, I'm not so sure about that, ask Him to confirm it. Say, Lord, send somebody else to give somebody else a dream and let them tell me, like, this is what I saw you in my dream doing last night. And when you know that it's Him, do whatever He says. Act on it. Like, if you know for sure, I've heard God There is no question about this. I know he spoke this to my life. Whatever it is, do it and be amazed and see how he will come through and what he will do on your behalf. Man, all right, there's a whole bunch of other ways God speaks. Don't limit him. There's, There's spiritual gifts, including prophecy. There's common sense wisdom. He speaks through authority figures, his character, natural things, other people in the church, even silence sometimes. I didn't do that verse because I just talked about it. But that's Elijah in the cave. And he's thinking God's going to speak through this huge fire or this earthquake or this massive wind. And how did God speak to Elijah? It says, after the fire, the sound of a gentle stillness and a still, small voice. He will speak to us right here. All right, since I talked about dreams so much, this is what I wanted our action item to be this week is we're leaving. Every night this week, before you go to bed, I want you to say this to the Lord, God, I commit my sleep to you. Can we do that and do it with an expectation that, man, he's going to do something while I'm sleeping. I may not be aware of it. I might not remember it, or I may have some great revelation that's going to make me change my life and impact me in a huge decision. I don't know, but start here. Just every night before bed, God, as I lay down, you have my sleep. You, you are the Lord of my sleep. Come on, you're the Lord of every other part of my life. Just confess that. Say, God, you are the Lord of my sleep. I give it to you. Whatever you want to do during these next two, four, six, eight hours that I'm asleep, whatever it might be, I trust you with it. Man, let's go ahead and stand up in this place. If you're here this morning and you've never heard God speak because you're thinking, man, I don't even, I'm not even sure I know him. I'm not sure I believe. If you've never met him and heard his voice before, today would be a great day to start a relationship with him. It's as simple as coming and saying, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for me and that you want to have a relationship with me that you will come and live in my life. If you've never done that before, I would encourage you come up as, after I dismiss people and we'd love to introduce you to them. There'll be some people up front here to pray with you. I'd be happy to do that with you. But just take a moment and say, man... Am I hearing his voice? Let's pray in this room this morning. God, we thank you that you are alive, that you love us. Even as we heard over again this morning, you love us. And you've made your home with us and you continue to speak to us. And you order and guide and direct our lives. And Lord, even as we spent time talking about dreams this morning, I ask that you would speak to us in, that mo- in those moments when we're not even aware or we're maybe not even looking for it, that we would get such a revelation that you speak all the time, that even in those moments, we would be hearing your voice. <laughs> God, we, we just say in all honesty, Lord, you are the Lord of our lives not just the waking moments, but every moment that concerns us. God, we thank you that you don't fall asleep on the job, that you don't take a break from watching over our lives, that you are faithful and true. God, I just bless us this morning, Lord, just as we leave this place, Lord. Let your hand be evident upon us. Let people around us see what it looks like to see lives that are following after your voice and following after your commands. Lord, we say that we love you, we honor you, we thank you for who you are and what you're doing in our lives. Just continue to be present in us so that the world may know that you are the Lord of all. In Jesus' name, amen.